In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Grandma, come and see. Come, look, come. You got to see this. Grandpa, look. Those two calves are butting their heads out there. Grandpa, come. There's a rabbit right, right out here on the porch. Grandma, come see what I drew for you. Come, come and, come and look. Come and see. That's all we hear when the grandkids are around when they were little. It's just come and see this, and you got to see this, and come here and look at that. They were, they were so excited. And the strange thing is we almost always went and saw because of A, their excitement, and B, their insistence. It is with this attitude in mind that we approach today's gospel lesson from the Gospel of John. It is the story of Jesus calling his disciples. Jesus has already had contact with John the baptizer, of course. He's had contact with Andrew and with Peter. And then he runs into Philip. And Philip doesn't take very long. And he is enthralled with the presence of Jesus. He realizes that this is what they've been looking for all this time. He, he doesn't have to be around Jesus for any amount of time at all. And he recognizes that he is the Messiah, the one that the prophets have been groaning towards and longing for for centuries. This is the one, and he is very excited about it. And so he goes back and he tells his friend Nathaniel, we found him. We, we, we found the one that Moses and the prophets talked about. It's Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And Nathaniel, being kind of a natural-born skeptic, goes, Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? And it's kind of true. Nazareth is a bit of a hick town in the northern part in, up in Galilee. And uh, it's not much. I mean, I, I've seen it. It wasn't much today either. It's not like a thriving metropolis, you know, like Alexandria or Elwood. It's more like Arrestus or Hobbes. Something like that. And so uh, Nathaniel is kind of like, oh, I don't know what this could be. And to his credit, Philip doesn't argue with Nathaniel. He doesn't give him 12 reasons why he should be interested. He just, all he does, his whole sales pitch is this. Come and see. And Nathaniel, seeing his excitement and his insistence, just like with the grandkids, goes and he sees. Nathaniel is like John, like Peter, like Andrew, like Philip. When he is around Jesus, his heart is captured. He is captivated by Jesus. His heart is captured like a young man's heart is captured when he meets the right young woman. His heart is captivated like a grandmother who sees her new granddaughter for the first time and just knows in her heart that this granddaughter looks exactly like her. Her heart is captured like some, like some rancher who has a, a great-looking calf out of his best cow. His heart is captured like my heart was captured the first time I drove out and saw the Ponderosa. And I went back home and I told Deborah, I said, I found it. I was just like Philip. I found it. And she said, you found what? I said, I found the place we should have always lived. And she said, well, can we go see it? And I said, no, because I didn't want her heart to be captured too because it was too expensive. <laughs> but finally she persisted and we went out and sure enough her heart was captured too and thankfully we we didn't let obstacles get in the way and i'm grateful to god and wells fargo that we've been living there all these years Our, my heart was captured and so was hers nathaniel's heart was captured just like the other disciples and they knew that this was it for them 
there was something about Jesus, there was something about his, his purposefulness, his spiritual insight, his close connection to God, his caring nature, his loving attitude, his non-judgmental ways. There was something about Jesus that captured their hearts. And they knew that no matter what happened, didn't make any difference. This was the most important thing they could do in their lives, and they were going to follow wherever it went. Now, it ended up not being all that great for some of them, but it didn't matter. It was still worth it. They had lived a life that was worth living and the death that was worth dying. They were captivated by the Lord. And that is the point for us today, that the mission of the church is for us to help other people have the opportunity to come and see, to be captivated by the Lord's grace and His forgiveness and His presence and His strength and His help. That's our task. Well, yes, the church also has the task of giving us a place to be together so we can hear God's Word, we can uh, have the sacraments, we can have the forgiveness of sins, we can have fellowship with one another. That's all great stuff. But all of that is really to prepare us so that we can do what our real mission is, and that's to take this out to other people and let them come and see, let them experience. You've got to see this. Oh, you've got to experience this. It's, it's our training to do that. That's the mission of the church. The church, is, the church is one of the very few organizations in the world whose main purpose is for its non-members that we take the message to other people. And... That is a bit of a problem for Lutherans. Lutherans traditionally, there are pockets that are pretty good, but Lutherans traditionally are not, not that outgoing with the gospel message. We believe strongly, we have good faith, we have good doctrine and good theology, and that's about as far as it gets for a lot of people. We don't seem to be able to, to get out there too much, and I don't know why that is. Maybe... Maybe it's because uh, ethnically we're Northern Europeans, Germans and Scandinavians, and maybe we have a natural ethnic reticence to, to get out there too much and say much. In Minnesota, there's a joke that goes like this, and that is uh, that when a Norwegian is talking to you, he's looking at his shoes when he talks to you. But if he's a real outgoing Norwegian, he looks at your shoes. And maybe that's it. I don't know. But the fact remains, we really are challenged to do a better job at telling people about the good news and the grace and the love of God. And let me help you with this this morning. Here's how we're going to do it. You don't have to know a hundred Bible passages. You don't have to know all about theology and have read all of the volumes of Luther's works. You don't need to do that. What you need to do is the same thing that Philip did to Nathaniel. Here it comes. Here's the, big, here's the big sales point. Repeat after me. Come and see. Come and see. Got it? That's all you've got to do. You've got to see this. Oh, you have to experience this. And I've talked to salespeople before, uh, years ago, and three years ago when this text came up, I talked to Eddie Slavin, who does sales, and both of them agreed that really that's a pretty good technique. You don't want to give people too much information on the front end because then they think they have enough information to make a decision and the decision is usually, no, I don't think so. You just want to give them some interest, some excitement, and some insistence that they come and see. And that's all we're going to do. So evangelism is really more about 
listening to people. It's not so much about talking. It's about listening. We listen for what the issues are that people have because the gospel message is not good news unless it's good news to your situation. So if you are hungry and you need food and you're having a tough time during the pandemic, the good news is all we have to say is, come and see, we got a food pantry. If your grandkids don't have clothes for school and when they get to go to school, uh, all you have to say is, come and see, we got a clothing warehouse. If you're talking to your good friend and she says, I'm having trouble in my marriage, I don't know. Come and see. You've got to talk to Pastor Cal. He happens to be a certified marriage and family life therapist. Well, my granddaughter, if somebody else might say that you work with, is, do, is I think she's into drugs. Come and see. Pastor Cal's a certified addiction counselor. We've got stuff for that. And if they say, well, we just don't know any people we, we'd like to associate, but I don't know, it's so hard to kind of get together. Come and see. We've got people. They're just regular garden variety people here. We don't have a crystal cathedral. We don't have a huge gymnasium. We don't have the world's greatest choir. But come and see. We've got people here whose hearts have been captivated by the love of God and who are willing to share that with other people. Come and see. That's our whole deal. That's the mission of the church. Say it one more time with me. Come and see. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.